welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to this spirit-filled word by David Entry. A time to hear God's word is a time to be visited. May you receive a visitation as you listen to this message. Be blessed. Verse 22 of John chapter 20. If you don't mind, shall we all read it out from the screen? Let's go. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. One more time, please. He breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Amen. The word of God works better when it is spoken. So in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, he said, This book of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth, not your head, not your ears, out of your mouth. Thou shalt meditate upon it day and night. That's interesting. It said, thou shalt meditate upon it, but it should not depart from your mouth. So that means as you are thinking about it, you are speaking it out. So think about it day and night, and any opportunity to speak, speak it out. Release it. It says that then thou shalt make your way prosperous. Prosperity is not fundamentally, first of all, a product of hard work first. It's a product of God's way. Thou shalt make, he said, no one makes you prosperous. You, if you do this, thou shalt make, said, for then thou shalt make your way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. Some people are having success, but it's not good success. It will lead them anyway. So, the word of God, anytime to speak out the word of God, grab it. That's why sometimes good preachers will ask you to say the word. Read. Preaching is not only to tell you what God's word is saying. It's, it's to tell you what God is saying and give you opportunity and sometimes to say what God's word is saying. So, in Hebrews chapter um, 13 verse, verse 5, it said, let your life be without covetousness for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6, so we will boldly say. So why did he say? He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you will boldly, or we may boldly say. God said it, so we will say it. It's important to appreciate homologia. It's important to appreciate speaking God's word. Because without speaking God's word, you won't see God's works. The only way God's works can manifest is first of all when his word has been released. So in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 verse 6 verse 9 verse 11 verse 14 verse 20 verse 22 24 verse 23. He said that and God said the word of God must be spoken so that the works of God will be seen. It's important. Your silence is hurting your destiny. Even salvation is at the mercy of your words. It says that with the heart, man believes, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Romans chapter 10. He said, What say I did? The word is near you. Where? It's in your mouth. What kind of word? The word of faith. What kind of faith is it that can, can reflect in your mouth? The word of faith, which we preach. We are preaching word of faith, but it should be in your mouth. Uh, it's not, it's, it's, we, when we look for it, it, we will find it in your mouth. Because once it's in your heart, 
it shows in your mouth your mouth is the window to your heart when it comes to the word of faith so he said the word of faith which we preach it's near you where is it it's in your mouth even in your he said it's in your mouth and in thy heart that is the word of faith which we we are preaching by it's in your mouth whose mouth is the preaching coming from is it not the preacher i said we are preaching it by it's in your mouth then he goes on to say that verse 9 said that if thou shalt confess ah so there is an if that means that not everyone will but if it means that the word you are hearing if you can allow it to come out of your mouth you will see the manifestations of god it's interesting he said if thou shalt confess with your mouth the lord jesus thou shalt be, believe and and shall believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you shall be saved confess and believe what you have confessed you shall be saved for with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation he's talking about this you can tell he's talking about how you should say what is in your heart you should say when it hits your heart it will show in your mouth then the next verse says that look at this this is interesting for the scripture says whoever believes on him shall not be put to shame so now it says that he's believing if you believe on him you can't be put to shame how do you say how can someone be saying sorry oh sorry for you when you are a believer when you are a believer they will say wow i wish i was you wow I should be. <laughs> a believer can never be at the mercy of circumstances so he says that for he who shall believe uh, whosoever believe in shall not be saved but look at the next verse for there is no difference between the Jew or the Greek. For the same Lord is rich over all who call on him. Oh, now he's talking about call. I thought you said believe. Yeah, it's a call on him. You want to see how rich God is towards people? Call him and see. I'm just trying to teach you scripture. Look at where we started from. So what says the word is near you? Where? In your mouth. Even in your heart. What word? The word of faith, which we are preaching. It's near you. That if you shall confess the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And he says that for it's, 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 the scripture says that whoever shall believe on him shall not be put to shame. Then he says that for the same Lord is rich unto all who call on him. Huh? I thought you were talking about believing. So is it believing or, or calling? Yeah, you can't believe without speaking genuine believing it says that the word is in your mouth even in your heart whatever is, i told you your mouth is a window to what is in your heart if you want to know what people are in their heart just keep quiet listen to them someone said i love jesus you just keep quiet you listen to them as they talk you can tell where they realize that they actually love, love michael more than jesus you can let them keep talking yeah it's so it says that we believe it says that God, the same Lord, is rich unto all. No discrimination. Whether you are a pastor, you are not a pastor. You are, you are. It doesn't matter your racial background. Race doesn't matter. Gender doesn't matter. Status doesn't matter. Marital status doesn't matter. Social status, the, the education doesn't matter. God is rich unto all. And the condition to experience His riches is to call on His name. But He said there's a problem. The next verse said, verse, verse, verse 13, for whosoever shall call on the But in the first verse 14, now throws a question. He said, but how? How then shall they call on him on who they? Ah, oh, okay. So when you believe you call, then you will not be put to shame. Verse, verse 11 happens. So just believing is not it. Believing and calling is what makes you see God. 
And you can't call without believing. If you call without believing, Jesus said, not all those who say, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom. Because just saying doesn't mean squat. It's first of all, what you are saying must be what is loaded in your heart. But the problem is that how can they, he said, how can they call on him whom they have not believed? And they said, no, no, you want to believe? Then how can they believe on him of whom they have not heard? That's why you need a preacher. You, you have to hear. Your hearing is affecting your believing. You don't do church. You will do devil. You will do Satan. If you don't do church, Satan will do you. You don't understand why Satan is doing you. Because you don't do church. And some people, the church they are doing, they are not hearing the preaching of God's word. So you are in church, but Satan is still doing you. Because when you come to church, it's time for preaching, you are sleeping. When you come to church, it's time for preaching, you are standing outside. When it's time for you, you are in the toilet. How can you be in the toilet for 20 minutes? Are you giving birth? What is happening? I feel like preaching. So he says that, whoever shall call, God is rich unto all who call on him, because whoever shall call on his, the, 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 the name of the Lord shall be saved. But, 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 but he, said, he said, there's a problem here. But, but how can you call on him, on, on whom you have not believed, in whom you have not believed? It's in the Bible, say, but you, are, you are just making sound, but you are not calling. It's not, some of you have seen a, 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 dead, a phone, you know, the old ones that had the, the quotes. Yeah. You can be pressing buttons, but it doesn't mean you are making a call. You know, when, when you want to deceive somebody, you see someone maybe in town, and you don't want them to distract you, just, uh, oh, yes, yeah, the other time, oh, yeah. Oh, hey, hey, hey. You get busy on the phone, but it's, it's not a call. When you give your phone to children to play with it, a, 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 a fake phone or something, replica phone, it doesn't make calls. So if, if, if there's no belief in your heart, you are not calling God. Oh, oh no. You are not calling. It's just, yeah, it's, it's just replica. Replica shout, yeah, blah, blah, but it doesn't go anywhere. So he says that the problem is how shall they call on him on whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? That's why don't, you must learn how to celebrate preachers. Because they are, they are God's, God's means of visiting people. That's why Jesus didn't come as a carpenter. When he came on earth, he wasn't a medical doctor. He didn't come as a lawyer. He didn't come as a shepherd doing something. He came as a preacher. Because the only untested means God reaches to people is through preachers. Preaching of preachers. So if Satan wants to destroy a society, a community, he will first of all attack. Don't be surprised why people like all these preachers, all these preachers. All... No, no, it's not them. Satan is behind it. Because until you silence preachers, you can't silence the move of God. So in fact, in Acts chapter 5, they, they whipped them. And the strict Bible says that, did we know Acts chapter 5 verse 28? Did we strictly not warn you that don't preach in this name, but you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine or your... T oh. We have to fill Chatham with our teaching. 
We have to fill Tata with our teachings. We have to fill Kent with our teachings. We have to fill England with our preaching. We have to fill United Kingdom with our preaching. Sharia! We told you that you should not teach in this name. And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem. So Jerusalem was like a container. It was like a big barrel. Societies, communities, neighborhood, they are like containers. Either Satan can be filled there or we can fill it with God's word. He said, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring his name upon us. So, Bible says that, how can they hear without a preacher? Then he says that, after mentioning preachers, then he goes to talk about how, how, shall, how shall they preach except they be sent? God, you must, you can't be a preacher if you have not met God. Some of you have been trying to do outreach, but you don't read your Bible. You are trying to speak for God, but God is not, you are not listening to God. It's just like an interpreter. Who is it interpreting what he is not hearing? Yes, I'm saying. So, preaching will lead into believing. Good preaching by a sense person will lead into believing. Believing will lead into calling. Calling will lead into saving. That's why I ask you that. Let's read that text, John twenty twenty two. He breathed upon them, and he said, "Receive ye the Holy Ghost." And do you know who said it? Jesus, our Lord and Savior. When did he say it? Let me teach. Now listen. Jesus spent 33 years on earth. 30 of those years was being like us. Eating normal food, playing football. <laughs> playing chess if they had chess. Playing ping pong if they had ping pong. Yes. Uh, I mean, playing music and doing carpentry, everything normal. He was living a normal life. And then once he was 30, his cousin was already in ministry, baptizing. And then he went to his cousin also, not to go and meet him as my friend. No. He went to his cousin to meet him as someone in ministry. So when he went to his cousin's church, he didn't go and say that I need to have a front seat. His cousin said, no, you're a big guy. You can't come and sit at the back. He said, no, 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 no. I didn't come to preach. I, come to, I came to submit. So it's important to understand. Jesus Christ came and for 30 years he wasn't doing anything. Then he went and submitted to his cousin who was, a preacher, who was the leader of the day. And then when he went, John the Baptist said, no, no, I can't baptize you. He said, no, suffer it to be, to fulfill all righteousness. God, I believe John the Baptist knew that there was something unusual about him. H however, he didn't know that that is the, uh, the Messiah. Because how was he going to know the Messiah? According to John chapter 1, he said, God, this is very funny. John chapter 1, John chapter 1 verse 31, he says that, I do not know him. <laughs> you are coming to introduce to us someone you don't know. How can you introduce him to us? You don't know. He said, I knew him not. 
but that he might be made manifest to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing to water with water. So the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing, I'm baptizing, is so that the one who is supposed to be the savior of the world, when he comes, he will be revealed through the baptism. He will be revealed through the baptism. You tell me you are born again, and since you became born again, you have not been baptized. <laughs> so he will be revealed through the baptism. Then he says that, I did not look at verse 33. He repeats it again. Verse 33. I knew him not. What? The guy came. I don't know him. But he that the one who sent me to baptize water, the same said unto the one upon whom you see the Holy Spirit descending and resting. He's the one who baptized the Holy Ghost. And he says that I have witnessed that this is the Lamb of God. I've witnessed. I've seen it. And I, I now witness and bear witness that Jesus is the one. Because he saw the Holy Spirit coming. That's why he came to baptize. Because the Holy Spirit wouldn't have come on Jesus unless until he was baptized. So it was during his baptism that the Holy Spirit came upon him. Don't take spiritual activities for granted. Like coming to church, serving in church. All those things will determine something that comes upon you. Or what comes upon you. So he says that that's why when Jesus was coming to be baptized in Matthew chapter 3 from verse, from verse 13, John the Baptist said, no, 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 no. I can't baptize. Jesus said, hey, please, so far it will feel all righteousness because at the moment I'm operating as a man. So allow, without the Holy Spirit, I can't work for God. So allow me to go through this baptismal process. You are, you are a, a, a music giant. You have albums and you are a celebrity. You've joined the church and you said, I can't join the choir because I'm too big. No. Join the choir and you shouldn't join from leadership point. You don't enter an organization with a helicopter. Go through reception from the ground floor. Reception is always not at the top floor. It's always on the ground floor. Come lower. Come lower. The way to the top is down. So when you join a church, one of the things that signs that God can use you in his kingdom is humility. If you are not humble, God can use you. If you are not humble, God can use you. If you are not humble, God can use you. And if God can use you, you'll be at a loss. You'll be at a loss because on the day he comes back, he's going to question you of how you have used your life for his purpose. How you allow him to use you, not the things that you think are nice, which you did. So, Jesus came and he was baptized. And when he was being baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him. But why did he need the Holy Spirit? He's the son of God. From the womb of Mary, he is God. He wasn't like he didn't become God after the Holy Spirit. No, no. The reason why the Holy Spirit had to come on him because he was a human being going to do the work of God. But he was human being. But he was also God. Yes, it was his human nature that was about to work for God. But his God, his divine nature was always there. But it was this human nature called divinity took on humanity. And that humanity that has been, that, has, uh, that divinity has taken on had to be anointed in Acts chapter 10 verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. He didn't, God didn't anoint the Son of God. He anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Very important. So it was Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus, so it's like you of learning of uh, like learning of Tatum. That's the same thing. So when you are talking about Jesus, Jesus, I mean everybody must have an address. You must be found somewhere. You must be if you say you don't have a place of birth, you're a spirit. You everybody must have a place of birth and a date of birth. 
that puts you within the context of history and time. So Jesus had to be, had a place of birth, was Bethlehem. And he grew up in Nazareth. So his address was in Nazareth. God sent an angel to a man, a Mary, a lady called, a virgin called Mary in Nazareth. John chapter, Luke chapter 1 verse 29. Nazareth. So Jesus was a, a Nazarene. He was Jesus Christ of Nazareth. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That Jesus Christ of Nazareth was the son of David. Was the great, great, great son of David. He was a human being. So it was Jesus of Nazareth who was anointed. And if you are a human being, you can't work for God without anointing. Other than that, you'll be very annoying. So he was anointed. But interestingly, even before his conception, Mary, as a human being, was about to catch something divine. And the angel came to Mary, Luke chapter 1, and announced to Mary that God is about to do something unique in your life. And Mary said that, verse 34, how can these things be? The angel said to Mary, you are about to get pregnant, even though you are a virgin. Huh? What? Pregnant? What? What? Who has ever heard such a thing? That a virgin is pregnant. No, it can't be. So Mary said, this is like, Angel, Angel, I know you are an angel and I respect you. So, with all respect, with all due respect, how can these things you are talking about be? Since I don't know a man, it doesn't mean he doesn't know his father, FG, didn't know her father, doesn't know others in the town. That means that knowing that Adam knew his wife. How can these things be since I know not a man? And then the angel said, Verse 35, No, this is not about a man. You're about to conceive for the first time in human history. Somebody is about to convince a conceive without the involvement of the opposite sex or any other human being. And the angel said, you don't need a man for the Holy Ghost. The what? The Holy Ghost? You see, even Mary needed the coming of the Holy Spirit before she could conceive Jesus. And then after Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, the Bible says that before Joseph could know her, she was found to be with child by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> yeah. She was found, I was say that, now this is the birth of Jesus Christ. Her mother was espoused to Joseph. Before they could come together, she was found to be with child by, of the Holy Ghost. Hey. <laughs> Of the Holy, so Jesus was conceived of the Holy Ghost. Of the Holy Ghost. And now, after he had been conceived and he was living a normal life, when he turned 30, he went to be baptized. One of the reasons why he went to be baptized was that so the Holy Spirit would come upon him. You want the Holy Spirit? What are you doing? What spiritual activity are you engaging in? Even Jesus had to be engaged, had to engage in a certain spiritual activity. For the Holy Ghost to come. When I say spiritual activity, I'm not saying, saying that sitting down and thinking, imagining. No, not the nyamyo ringing. No, no, no. I'm talking, I'm talking about he was engaged in something physical, but it has spiritual connotation. Do you understand what I'm saying? Physical activity, but it was a spiritual activity. Even though it's physical, its influence and its meaning was spiritual. So we are singing, here I am to worship. Someone thinks that you are just singing like Beyonce. No. 
this one has a spiritual significance. When you eat communion, it's not normal drink. It has spiritual significance. When you are baptized, it's not just getting wet or getting soaked in water. It has heavy spiritual significance. So Jesus Christ had to subject and submit himself to this physical activity, but it was, it was heavy in spiritual meaning. And that was the only thing that opened. He said, listen to John the Baptist, the baptizer, the only Baptist who was never baptized. John the Baptist, John, because he said, he said, I need to be baptized by you. So that means he wasn't baptized. That's what he said Jesus. He said, I need to be baptized by you. But you come down and baptize Matthew chapter 3. So that means John the Baptist himself was not baptized. The only Baptist who was not baptized. Anyway, so John the Baptist, John the Baptist said, uh, he said that, I don't know him. I knew him not. John 1, 31. But that he will be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. So the purpose of John the Baptist's assignment was one. Not to baptize all the people, even though they were being baptized. He was baptizing everybody to find out who the Holy Ghost is going to come upon John the Baptist. That's there. He said, I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to you. But therefore, I came. Uh, I'm come baptizing with water so that you'll be. So, when uh, verse 33 says that he who sent me to baptize, the same told me, upon whom you see the Holy Spirit descend, he's the one. So, whilst you're baptizing, it to create the platform, it to create the room, it to create the situation for the Holy Ghost to come upon him. Don't take spiritual activities for granted. Sometimes there are a lot of struggles in your life because. There are less spiritual activities in your life. That's why the struggles are increasing. There are a lot of harassment Satan brings on people which could have been averted or avoided had, had they been engaged in spiritual activities. If you have been engaged in church activities more, most likely, most likely, your challenges will be lesser. God, it's not every challenge that you need is necessary. Some of the health challenges you are going through could be severely mitigated if you had been very active with God in church. So, spiritual activities make a huge difference. Jesus had to be submitted to spiritual activities so that the Holy Spirit to come, can come upon him. Because he says that the Holy Spirit cannot just come upon somebody. I need some activity. So, John the Baptist, I'm sending you ahead of him. Go and start baptizing that through that activity of baptizing, the Holy Spirit will come upon him. So that's why Jesus came and was about to be baptized. John the Baptist said, no, 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 no. Matthew chapter, chapter 3 he said, no, 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 no. Mm -mm -mm. I can't baptize you from verse 13. I can't baptize you. You are not the one. I, I mean, you, I can't, I'm not even worthy that I should to untie your lace, let alone to baptize you. Please, you should baptize me. Jesus said, hey, verse 15 or so. Jesus said, no, no, no. So far it, he said, Jesus, and Jesus answering, Jesus answering said to him, so far it to be so. Now, for that it becometh us to fulfill all right. We have to tick all the boxes God requires. You want God to use you, you don't want to tick the boxes. If you want God to use you, there are boxes you have to tick. You must have a record that you have been serving in church. It's a box to tick. 
and you have not been creating problems in church. God never uses people who gossip to bless the church. No, he doesn't use people who gossip. Am I teaching you at all? You, you see why I needed you to sit down? Because you can be shouting and end up in error. Your biggest, your biggest disadvantage is what you don't know. Yeah. Your biggest disadvantage is what you don't know. What, is, what you don't know is what is killing you. By now you would have bought your house already if you, if you knew how to fix your credit history. And <laughs> if you knew what to save and not to spend all your money on wig and makeup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is somebody learning something? So, what you don't know is what you can. That's why when we come to church, it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity to know. To know what? To know spiritual things from God's word. That's what will give you an advantage. You are not at a disadvantage when you are in knowledge. Is that that you might know? That you might know the deep things of God. Anyway, so um, Jesus Christ comes and he gets baptized. Why? Because he needed the Holy Spirit. Then he resurrects from the dead. His assignment was to come and die. That's why he became a, a human being. Because spirits, spirits don't have blood. Okay? But to pay for sins, you need blood. Because the life of a thing, according to Leviticus, is in the blood. So you need blood to pay for life. And Jesus had to come and die to pay for our sins. Not for his sins. He, he was sinless. So he had to pay for our sins. And Without the shedding, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So in other words, sins cannot be taken away if blood has not been shed. Because the wages of sin is, but the gift of God is eternal life. So anyone who sins, there's a wage that is coming, payday. So payday comes with death. So then, if the wages of sin is death and you should be excused for giving your sins, but so who should pay that death? That's why Jesus came to die. Okay, Bible says he came to give himself as a ransom for many. Yes. As a ransom for many. Mark chapter 10 verse 45 and actually in First, first Timothy chapter 2, it says that he, he came to give himself as a ransom, died for many. So Jesus came to give himself to die in our place. Why? So his blood can be shed for us. That's why we take communion. He said, this is the new covenant in my blood. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, he said, for in him we have redemption through his blood. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. We, 14. In him we have redemption through his blood. Hallelujah. So when an ignorant religious person tells you that the death of Jesus doesn't matter. It is, it is his, he's a good person. He's a good. Why did Jesus come? So because God wants to demonstrate his love. 
When he said he gave his only begotten son to do, he died on the cross. Verse 15. You only read John 3, 16. Well, you didn't look at verse 15. Verse 15 says that as Moses lifted a serpent of the tree, so the son of man must be raised on the cross. So he actually he died. Verse 14 said, and as Moses lifted the serpent on the wilderness, so the son of man must also be lifted on the tree, on the cross. Then verse 15 talks about whosoever that so that whosoever believes in him. So your believing in him must be believing in him because he died on the cross for your sins. You, you, you are forgiven because you believe Jesus died for your sins. Not that I believe that he's a will miracle worker. I believe Jesus is nice. No, he died for your sins. If you don't believe he died for your sins, you are still in your sins. So Jesus said, Jesus said that unless you believe in me that I am he, you will die in your sins. John chapter 8, verse 24, I think so. He said, unless you believe that I, me, I am the son of God who died for you, you will die in your sins. So the only way you can be excused from dying in your sins is when you believe that he died on your behalf. That is why on the cross, they were, it wasn't only him. Please, it wasn't only Jesus who died on the cross. There were over 30,000 30, people who died on the cross in the days of Jesus. That, that was the Roman favorite way of execution. So they executed many people. So it wasn't only Jesus. So when you see a cross, don't think it's only Jesus. But Jesus' cross was different because he was dying for everybody, including those who were dying on the cross. So on the cross, watch this, on the cross, what you have to understand is Jesus didn't die for everybody who is alive. He only died for those who believe in him. I will show you. Because on the cross, there, he wasn't the only one dying. There were two other, other criminals dying. One on the left, one on the right. The one, one of them on the side told him that if you are the son of God, save yourself and save us. And the other one said, shut up. You can't talk rubbish like that. Because he is innocent. We deserve what we are going through. And then after responding to the other criminal, this one, this criminal turns to Jesus and says, Jesus, please, I believe in you. If you re Please remember me when you come to your kingdom because I know you are going somewhere. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Today, you, you the one who are asking me, you will be with me in paradise. So then you can understand that there were two other people dying on the cross. One got saved, the other one didn't get saved. So if he really died to save everybody, he should have said that, don't worry, all of you will be with me in paradise. No. He just said to the one who believed in him. So when you believe in, when he says that, for God so loved the world that he gave his only spirit, and that whosoever believe in him, it's not just saying, I believe Jesus was born by Mary, and so on. If you, your believing that he was born by a virgin Mary is leading to the fact that and a sinless person and a human being who was God in the human flesh died for your sins, then you know that he has paid for your sins. So you don't have to stay in your sins. That is where Christianity begins. You can never be a Christian until you believe you are a sinner first. Because if you are not a sinner, why should you be punished? You don't need anyone to die for you. Oh, yeah. That's why Jesus made it very clear that I did not come to save the righteous people. I came to save the sinner. Ah, good news for the sinner brother. Good news for the sinning sister. Good news for you. He came to save the sinner. That's good news. Don't mind the religious people. Jesus came for the sinners. Do I have some former sinners in the house? We are here. Hallelujah. Good news. Good news. Is someone enjoying the word of God? So Jesus Christ came and on his way to the cross, before he got to the cross, the main reason why he came as a human being 
was to die for our sins. It's very important. Bible says that God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. So he just didn't die for himself. In fact, when John the Baptist saw him coming in John chapter 1 verse 29, he says that the next day John the Baptist saw Jesus coming and then he says that, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. What? The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What? No one could take away sin. That is why in Mark, I like the scripture so much. In Mark, in Mark chapter 2, verse, verse 2, they brought up someone who was sick and couldn't walk, paralyzed man. Couldn't walk. They brought him to him. And when Jesus saw the man, Jesus looked at the guy and he said, Son, your sins are forgiven. Wow. This is serious. This seems to be a serious blunder. Serious blunder. How? How on earth can you, a human being, look at another human being and tell them your sins? I can't even look at you and tell you what you did against this guy. I forgive you. I can't even forgive you on behalf of another human being. Can you? When people go to court and they are found guilty, they just punish them. But it doesn't mean they have, they have secured forgiveness for the one they offended. No. That's why in the gang culture, sometimes they will come to prison and also kill you from in prison. Yeah. You are in prison, but when you come out, they will still look for you to kill you. Why? Because being in prison doesn't mean they have secured forgiveness from the other person. Because nobody can secure forgiveness or no one can forgive your ex on your behalf. Can anyone do that? Can, can anyone do that? Can anyone attempt to forgive your ex? The devil is a liar. They can't do it. With all what he did against you. Or what she did to you. But you, you can choose to say, you know, I forgive him. I forgive my ex. So, so you, you are the only one who can forgive another person. I can't forgive somebody on your behalf. Let alone to attempt to forgive somebody on God's behalf. Wow. That is, the, that's blasphemy at the highest order, or to the highest order. So Jesus sees, Jesus sees someone who was sick and couldn't walk. Then Jesus, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, the sick of palsy, son. Two things I want to draw your attention to. Jesus was a very good Jew. So that means he had been taught the Jewish tradition and customs very well. He wasn't ignorant. And number two, he was God. Let me, let me even leave that. He had deep understanding of spiritual things. So for him to say your sins be forgiven, if it was against the law, he wouldn't say it. So he wasn't saying something for fun. He said, he said it for real. Then the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, the scribes, they, inter they write out the scripture. They know whatever the scripture is saying. So look at the next verse. But when certain of the scribes sitting there, uh, sorry, but there were certain of, the, uh, certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Look at how are they reasoning? Look at the next verse. Why does this man speak blasphemy? Who can forgive sins? But... Do you know Jesus knew that it's only God who can forgive sins? Because he said he's also a rabbi. He should knew this. He should know this. He's very taught, well taught. So if Jesus knew that, why did he say to somebody, Your sins are forgiven? Because 
Who can forgive sins? God. So if Jesus could look at someone and say, your sins be forgiven, tell my Muslim friend who said Jesus didn't say he's God, that Jesus said, I am God. That's why I'm forgiving sins. Jesus, is, he, he, he was acting as God on earth. Now, when the, the scribes started war, getting worried and wondering, how, come, how can someone say this? This is a place of God. They say he's blaspheming. Look at the next thing. Look at. The, and immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were reasoning within themselves, what they were, he said unto, unto them, why are you reasoning like this in your heart? Why are you worried? Look at the next. Look at that. What? What? Whether it's easier to say to the sick of a person, your sins be forgiven thee, or say, arise and take up your bed and walk. Which one is easy? So he, he didn't say what I said was wrong. He was trying to tell them that I could have said it another way. But I said it this way. So then, oh, it looks like you, you are, you're admitting you are God then. Yeah, I'm thinking, he was thinking, but what did you think? Because he said, which one is easy? To say, because if I tell you your sins are forgiven, I can't prove it's forgiven. So it's, that's an easier way to say it. But because of you, I'll say it the harder way. Get up and walk. That one too. That one, if I tell you get up and walk before everybody, then they know that this guy has power to forgive sins. Now watch this. Look at the, state, look at the next statement. Look at But that ye may know that the Son of Man has power on earth. That you may know. I mean, if I have power on earth to forgive sins, then I'm God on earth. That's what he's saying. That you will know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sin. He turned to the sick man and said, Oga, oh yeah, get up. Take up. <laughs> he said, oh boy, body, take up your mat. Yeah. Take out your bed and walk. And he got up, took his bed in there before all of them. Immediately. And they were all marveling and started glorifying God, saying that we have never and we never saw it on this fashion. Yeah. Because you haven't seen God at work in the physical. Why did Jesus come on earth? Why did he come on earth? That's why when he told them he was going to die, Peter in Matthew chapter 16, Peter said, no, you can't die. You are a good man, you can't die. He said, Satan, get behind me. Because you are trying to block the purpose of God. You are only thinking about what is nice among human beings. You're only thinking about human, human right and human niceness. That's what Jesus said. He said, Matthew chapter 16, verse 3. He said, Jesus turned to Satan. He said, get, Peter said, get behind me, Satan. He turned to Peter. And he said, Satan, get behind me. Peter was not Satan, but Satan was operating through Peter. Because of the way Peter was thinking, he has given a platform for Satan to operate through him. He said to him, Satan, get behind me. You are an offense to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. That's why you have to be careful. Oh, we have a very concern about this church. Because it's human concern. Have you thought about God's concern? Have you thought about God's concern? You are just being political. Have you thought about God's concern? Some people in the church, God will judge them harshly. Because they have never thought about God's concern. Only human concerns and what is nice in the eyes of people. That's what Peter was doing and Satan started using him. Why are you fighting your pastor? 
Why fight your partner? Because he just told somebody the way the way you are behaving in church. If you don't if you don't behave right, we will sack you from the church. And you decided to be offended on the behalf of the person. Meanwhile, I wasn't even talking to you. I was talking to him. And sometimes a pastor is preaching. Somebody who is outside heard the recording and decided to be offended. You are not there. You are not part of those you are talking to. <laughs> All right, all right. You mind the things of God, the, the things of men, not the things. So Jesus came ma- mainly to die on the cross. So after dying on the cross, he, that's why on the cross in Matthew, in Luke chapter 19, verse 30, he said, it is finished. That's why he came. Assignment finito, finito. Assignment finito. I finished my job. So in in John chapter 19, verse 30, he said, it is finished. It's finished. So when he finished, he died. On the third day, he resurrected because he finished his job. He resurrected. And then when he resurrected, in John chapter 20, the disciples were afraid. So they've locked themselves in a room. They were in the room by themselves. Then Jesus just comes through their door, and then stand in their midst, not near them. He, they have got that he appears in their midst. He appears in their midst. And then the first thing he said to them is, peace be upon you. Don't worry, peace be upon you. Then he tells them that, look, I'm not a ghost. Look at my, my wounds. I'm a real Jesus. I'm re- I still have the wounds. My nail piercing is the evidence that I shed my blood. That's why you don't have to be worried when you get to heaven, if you have believed in Jesus, because your hands are too dirty. But don't worry, somebody's hands are there, showing God that I paid for their price. I paid for the price. I paid for the price. So, so watch this. So, Jesus showed them his hands. And after showing them his hands, he tells them that. He says again, peace be upon you. Then he says, as the Father sent me, so I send you. After saying that I'm sending you, he was trying to imply that you cannot be sent without the core ingredient that makes a sent one a sent one. Because, because you don't have in yourself, listen to this very carefully, you do not have within yourself what it takes to do God's work. No human being has that. Not even Jesus when he came on earth. So what does it take? He said that as the father, oh, thank you, God. Watch this, watch this. He said, as the father sent me, the same way I send you. When the father sent me, I needed the Holy Ghost. So if I'm also, he said, he said, as the father, it's in your Bible. He says, said unto the peace upon you. As my father has sent me, even so send I you. Now, when my father sent me, I needed the Holy Ghost. So now that I'm sending you, you will also need the Holy Ghost. So, when he as after he finished paying the price for our sins, it's now time for us to do God's work. And the most important thing you need in your life after your sins are forgiven is the ability to do God's work. And you can't do God's work without receiving the Holy. So he said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. Then he's breathed on them. 
And he said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Shout hallelujah. So you are in a major, a major error. If you attempt to do God's work without the Holy Spirit, you are left on your own. But you should remember there are so many things you never was able to achieve. What makes you think you can achieve the work of God? So many things you haven't done. Even to manage a relationship, look at the way you're struggling. Basic relationship with a man or a woman. You are struggling. Let alone you can do God's work to save people. Please. No human being has the natural installation to do God's work by themselves. So Jesus said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. So, so in Acts chapter 19, verse 1, 2, 3. Whilst Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast of Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he asked them, did you receive the Holy Ghost after you have believed? Ah, 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 ah. Watch this, watch this, watch this. So believing is not the end. Believing is the beginning. After you believe, said after, did you receive the Holy Ghost after you believed? So now when you believe, Jesus died. When you believe that he died for you, now you, you are saved. Then you can begin a Christian journey. So did you receive the Holy Ghost? So that means that after believing, the most important thing in your life is the Holy Spirit. Watch this. That is, that is, that is, that is, that is why in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, the Bible says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is anyone who hangs on the tree, verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us, the Gentiles also. That's not the end. That we will receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. So, we are, he died on the cross so that we can be forgiven of our sins and receive the blessing of the Holy Spirit and receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is when you have actually started the work of God, the work with God. So in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus said, you shall receive power. Why do I need the Holy Spirit? Jesus, why do I need? Because you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. In John chapter 16 from verse 6, Bible says that Jesus told them that he was going to leave. And Jesus said, your heart is sorrowful. Why are you sad? Because I told you I'm going to leave. But it says that it is expedient for you that I go. Jesus said, it is, it is expedient, it is essential, it is important, it is necessary, it is critical, it is, oh, I feel like preaching. Jesus said, it is critical. I tell you, he said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Now, verse 6 says that, because I told you I was going, you are sad. Because I told you I was going, you are sad. Jesus said, why, why are you sad? You don't get it, why are you sad? This is not sad news. Because it's then he says that, he says that, ne nevertheless, it, it, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you, not for me, for you that I go. 
For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, if I depart, I will send him to you. Why? No, listen to it. Listen to the argument here. Jesus said, because I told you I was going, sorrow has filled your heart. But he says that, let me tell you the truth. It is in your interest. It is to your advantage. It is critical for you. It is essential for you. It is necessary for you that I go. He said, because if I don't go, the comforter, who is the Holy Spirit, will not come. Now watch this. In other words, it is necessary for the Holy Spirit to come. He said, I've, I've died on the cross. I've, I've done my job. But what you need most is the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit. So he's trying to talk about the essential nature of the Holy Spirit in a Christian's life. That is why when he resurrected from the dead and he came amongst human beings, when he met the disciples, the first thing he told them, receive the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit coming upon a believer's life is the best thing that could ever happen to any human The best thing that could happen to any human being, watch this, is not forgiveness of sins. Is the Holy Spirit coming upon you? So he said it's expedient. For if I don't go, the comforter. But even I go, I will send him. And then he says that when he comes, he will convict the world of sin. When he comes, he is going to deal with the world of sin. He's going to convict us of righteousness. And he's going to uh, he's also going to deal with the devil. Yeah, it's there. He says that when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin. Of sin because I do, uh, because they do not believe in me. Of, of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. That's on your behalf. Of judgment because the God of this world, the ruler, that's Satan, of this world is judged. So he has an assignment towards the believer, towards the world, and towards Satan. Of sin because, listen, when, pe- when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you preach, Sometimes, not sometimes, it should begin to make people feel, I need God. Convict, you can't be listening to an anointed preaching and go walk away and walk into fornication. Because, yeah, you can, you can, but you can't, you can, you fornicate knowing that this fornication is going to cost you. Yeah. Because when you hear anointed preaching, you can never be the same. You are either worse off or better off. An anointed preaching and a true gospel preaching never leaves people where they are. It makes your case worse off or better off, depending on whether you believe or you don't believe. That is why the Holy Spirit is needed. So he says that you need the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit to convict the world of sin. And then he goes on to say, verse 13, he said, but when he, the comforter, oh, I like that. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but what whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. It's an amazing experience. You need the Holy Spirit. Mary needed the Holy Spirit to conceive Jesus. Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to do the work. And the early church, 
they needed the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them in the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 4. He said, wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. In Luke chapter 24 verse 49, he says that, but you shall be endued with power. After that, the Holy Ghost. Ah. So he told them to wait because they needed the Holy Spirit. And so Bible says when the day of Pentecost was fully come, in Acts chapter 2 from verse 1, they were all together in one place with one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And clothing tongues of fire sat on each one of them. And verse 4 said they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Hey! They were filled with the Holy Ghost. Hey! They were filled with the Holy Ghost. filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to, they all began to speak in tongues as the Holy, gave, the Holy Spirit gave them their utterance. So you saw that the Holy Ghost came upon them. And then you can see in Acts chapter 4, when they were being threatened after healing somebody who was crippled, Bible says that Peter filled with the Holy Ghost. Is there Acts chapter 4 verse 8? And Peter full of the Holy Ghost or filled with the Holy Ghost. He was able to speak to them and not, not afraid spoke to them boldly and in acts in in the book of in acts chapter 9 verse 17 16 and 17 and anias went and laid hands on saul and he said brother saul the jesus christ who appeared to you on the way to damascus has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the holy spirit now this one he was filled from the beginning now in acts chapter 13 verse 9 bible says and paul feel oh come on i feel like preach and so who's called paul filled with the holy ghost looked at him and started preaching and bible says that the first people who served in the church in Acts chapter 6 from this from verse 5 6 he says that and they chose the, the, the and they chose stephen a man full of no, no, verse, verse, okay, yeah, full, he said, no, all right, let's, let's go back. He said, choose you among people, people who have reputation, full of the Holy Ghost. So to do God's work fully, you must be full of the Holy Spirit. You must be full of the Holy Spirit. And, and in Acts chapter 4, remember in Acts chapter 2 verse 4, Bible says that they were all filled by the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit. But these same people in Acts chapter 4 verse 31, when they had prayed, the place where their assembly was shaking, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So that means that the being filled with the Holy Spirit is not one-time experience. It is on and on. That is why in, that is why in, in, in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18, it said, don't be filled with wine wherein is essence but be be filled filled the greek word is continuous present continuous be be filled with the holy ghost thank you for listening to this message by david entry the best thing that can happen to you is being exposed to the word of god to hear more from david entry follow him on facebook instagram tiktok twitter LinkedIn and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. You can also find more information about Caris Church and our upcoming services by visiting caris.org. Be blessed.